Hey, Emilio. So we have to do this the third time. <laughs> it's like we, the <laughs> last two, I feel like we're outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Beyond the Fight, season two, episode one of season two. What a way to begin. I have on the line um, an amazing man, an amazing person of a human being. Wow, my grammar was terrible there. He's <laughs> a mentor that uh, got me into podcasting when we reconnected in 2018. We went to CJEP. He called the rise of uh, John Jones before people knew who John was. And he's done, he's done commentary in the pro fighting gay scene and the amateur fighting scene. An amazing person who knows so much about fighting. It's Emilio, a.k.a. Mills Grex. What's up, Emilio? What's going on, brother? Not much. Not much. You know, it's a great way to spend the Sunday night. Finally, beginning season two, speaking with you. Uh, you were one of my biggest uh, pushers with a few other friends who said, get into the podcasting game. And I mean, season one was successful. You were right. When you take action, you know, it, it take it gives results. Yeah, man. hundred uh, percent. This podcast game is, it's, uh, it's, it's new. I, I listen to like 20 different podcasts, uh, even a lot of them that doesn't involve like involve fighting. So it just enhances your knowledge about different types of fields. And, uh, just you just do what you love, man. It, uh, just just talk about what you like, and people will definitely gravitate to to your knowledge, and to your love and passion about it. So, man, it's a good thing that you're doing this. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. As I see with you, you know, you've done a few yourself. And what I what I like and respect about your game is that you're always changing it up. Like you're always finding ways to be innovative and change it up. If it doesn't work one way, you'll go back to the drawing board and come out with something better. You had like. One where it was on SoundCloud, which was really good. Like, like you, you had some big names on that show that not many people realize. And it just goes to show that like the, the stars are reachable. Like if, if you have what it takes and you're willing to approach, then you did one from your house, I remember, with uh, a guest we both have and a friend, a mutual friend in the fight scene, uh, Sandro Ferrante. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing two and a half fighters with uh, your cousin and uh, I believe it's your cousin and your friend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, both both child, childhood friends. I consider both uh, brothers. They're the closest thing to, to brothers to me. So I don't have any siblings, but if I could call anybody brother close to, to anything blood related, it's, uh, it's those two guys. So shout out to Chris Fusco and Julian Fusco, both brothers themselves and uh, brother to myself. Amazing. Yeah, you guys have a great dynamic. Whenever I listen to Two and a Half Fighters, it's like it feels like I'm listening to like uh, the roundtable of uh, the MMA hour. It's <laughs> like you have uh, Akamoto, Helwani, and Mindenhall all in one. That's like Two and a Half Fighters when I hear you guys talk. Yeah, man. We, uh, I, I remember because myself and Chris, Chris is uh, a couple years older than me, whereas uh, Julian and myself are around the same age. So me and me and Julie, he's uh, one of my best friends, like I said, my brother. And Chris was always that kind of older sibling. And I remember he used to do karate around the same time as me. He left, obviously, he pursued uh, different things. He's, uh, he's a teacher. He's uh, right now is expecting his child. So congratulations to Chris there. I can't wait for that, uh, that guy to come out or that, that girl to come out. But, uh, yeah, like he, me and him, we, we've done it physically. We, we know how, how the game is. And, uh, and Julian just knows so much. So. I remember the first ever fight we watched, like we ordered, was uh, when Anderson Silva fought. What was his name again? Uh, Rich Franklin. Nah, even even older than that. Um, I, I'm gonna probably find out later and like just hit myself for uh, like it was just very old school. I think it was like I, I remember how he knocked him out. He caught the kick and he hit him with the uh, with a straight straight right. You know, um, 
people are like listening to this now are gonna know his name and uh it, it's Sunday night guys uh couldn't have been... long, but it, it is what it is but like I said like we we ordered like one of the first events is us three together and like ever since then like we've watched almost every event together we talk about it and the fact that like we we get into such depth when we're not even on air so I'm like you know let's let's just talk about it like we talk about it so much and we have so many different outtakes but we're we we agree on so much but at the same time we disagree on so much that we just decided hey let's let's just get some mics in there and let's just talk let's just talk and that's that's pretty much what we did and uh and and thank you for that for our chemistry our chemistry is as real as you guys here as it is in life you know um we we are family our families are close we're close it's just uh it's it's just great to have you know three brothers talking about what what they love so it's uh, it's an awesome feeling exactly like i really like as i said the dynamics are great everyone every time one of every one of you brings up an amazing point on every about every card on uh, every card that's on a pay-per-view or fight night or even like if it's not mma like it's just great to see like the dynamic and how like you know you can have an agreeable you can agree to disagree logically and you know it's a perfect model where you know a lot of casuals think they know what fighting is but you know there there's a lot more complexities and grayness to this uh sport and you three really help bring a game plan of what it means to have uh what it means to have a quality discussion on the fight game yeah and and and, and that's what we do too because like we listen uh we listen to so many different podcasts and uh obviously majority of them are, are about fighting and like if you talk to chris and julian even like on on their own you'll be talking to them for two three hours about fighting like it's guaranteed and when all three of us are talking we could go on for days and days and the thing that's cool about us too is that a lot of people do podcasts and they, they make it serious which is awesome like that's who that's who we listen to but we also were learning from what i did when i was on radio and was on my other podcast i was very scripted i was very serious but then with these guys it's just it's just fun like we joke around like 90 percent of the time and we talk fighting we'll go serious but we we joke so much we have no filter whatever we say we say like we're not afraid to say anything i think that's what's really cool about about our podcast and that's why we we gravitate to it and that's why i think a lot of people like now they they, they start listening they, they i even get texts not even of being intellectual just saying you guys are hilarious like it's and it's just a cool thing to, you know, to, to, to get out there. And for, for us three, you know, it's, uh, we, we know each other for like close to 20 years. So it's just that brotherhood now that we're just ex- exploiting. And it's just, it's just a fun time to, to be in MMA and it's a better, and it was a great opportunity for us to do a podcast at this time. It yeah, really shows that the timing is everything. And, you know, you've been a fan of the fight game for a very long time. Like, I, I could just text you at some point randomly and you'll be busy. And then you're like, yeah, Andrew, I'll tell you uh, about what I think about this fighter or that fighter. Because uh, I'm a late bloomer. As you know, I got into the fight game, Emilio, in 2015 at UFC 189. It wasn't the Mendez-Connor fight. It was the Lawler-McDonald fight. And yeah. it's a surprisingly it was Lawler that like I respect Rory McDonald you know from Canada an accomplished fighter but I just love Lawler's style like Lawler was like so fun to watch especially with that busted up lip in the fifth round to to seal the deal oh yeah yeah it's a very one of the best welterweight title fights then i bought the ufc encyclopedia uh, visual history from eyewitness books so had the updated version 
of when they did the merger of Strike Force, WEC, and then I came up, I started looking at the history and I was like, oh, it's like I've been missing out on this for so long. As you yeah. say, like, you know, everyone's like, everyone says, like, when they see MMA for the first time, they're like, why did I not get into this sooner? And it's, it's, it's just crazy. No, yeah, man. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, like if, if you're, if you're a late bloomer, if you're here since day one, or you just gone to the sport yesterday, that's, that's the thing that's beautiful about, about this sport is that you could, as long as you just feel the the passion and you just respect the art and respect the culture, you're you're gonna be making so many friends. You're gonna be made, like it just doesn't matter. Like it's the MMA fan base. It's a clique that it just accepts people. It's not like any other sport that ah oh, you know you you don't really know your stuff. Like it, it's not like that. Especially like when when you train when you train with the world champions when you're training at their gyms. Like no one's gonna exclude you. Ah oh, you know you shouldn't be here. No one's gonna gonna do that it's it's the type of sport that you know you you automatically gain respect that you step in whether it be physically or mentally it's um I, that's why i really truly believe that it's just the best it, it's the best sport it's the best lifestyle too you know everybody has that distinction of oh this is a sport people it's a lifestyle it, it and it is a lifestyle it's an art and you, you just express that in in a sport format so uh it doesn't matter when or how you got into it as a as long as you're here right now for the ride with all of us, that's that's all that really counts. Exactly. Very, very, very well put, Emilio. I really liked everything you said there. Uh, as I said, I came on in 2015, but I was like, I fast-tracked myself with that book I got. And then three years later, I got a membership to Fight Pass using my friends. And I just caught up with everything. And now I have like my favorites that I look forward to hearing or hoping to mm -hmm. come on like JRE. And, you know, as we were saying before, uh, the connectivity <laughs> was going out. Um, I like to tell people that in CJEP, when we went to Dawson together, if, you know, if anyone's an American listener of your CJEP is like Junior Community College in Quebec, Canada. Uh, you called the rise to John Jones before many did. And everyone was like, uh, like blowing you off, saying like, no, he's all hype. But you were always like saying like watch like you didn't say how you're like just watch like this guy like he's like he's an outlier you said and you and I remember one time you said like and I'll never forget it you said basketball has LeBron and Kobe you know rest in peace to Kobe unfortunately who tragically mm -hmm. passed away you know this is an mm -hmm. MMA show but uh, if you look at Kobe what he did was very martial and everything with martial arts he was martial in how he conducted himself as an athlete and you know it's a catastrophic loss for the sports world today yeah rest in peace kobe rest in peace kobe and uh you 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 said it best you said this guy is going to be the lebron kobe of mma we finally have the outlier to mma and it's not anderson mm -hmm. and you were saying that it was having his br nfl brothers chandler and arthur and how do you feel those guys helped put john into that stratosphere of being an outlier Oh, well, like uh, you, you hear a lot, you hear a lot in any in any sport, especially when it's uh, when it's physical, when you have older siblings, especially bigger ones, they, uh, you know, they, they tend to to pick on you. They they tend to to fight with you, wrestle with you. So to have Arthur, you know, Arthur's the, uh, you know, he's, he's a defensive lineman, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a, a Super Bowl champion. He's like he's a big boy. He's like probably weighing about 300 pounds. You know, what I mean, he's twice as big as as john so having a guy like him and then chandler chandler's a younger brother but taller than john and bigger too so you have these two guys who like consistently put work into john you know it's non-stop 
you know, effort. And then John sees how, how they're putting the work into football. You know, it's that type of family that, that obviously goes with the parents too, that it's consistent competition. And that's where the, um, and that, that's where kind of the motivation and the build for John came. And then at that point he was finding a, one of my favorite guys too, Dart Bader, man. I, uh, I know me and me and Julian, we kind of go crazy off for, for him too. And you always get that, those undefeated guys fighting for that, that prospect and number one contender spot. And every time that happens, one blossoms where another kind of tries to find their way back. And you, you see the way that, that John, how he moves, the, the fact that you, you see his body type, but it, it fits well with his wrestling, with his Muay Thai, with his kickboxing. And it's something very different. Whereas you knew during that time, everyone was kind of one dimensional, you know, Shogun was more of a brawler coming from pride um, uh, Lyoto was more of a just a, a, a karate kind of stance, comes in, comes out, but the point fighting. So having a guy like John, a full MMA fighter, it, it made sense that he was going to be the guy on the rise and having championship caliber athletes as family obviously helps him pl- plateaus into um, to him being a star. Exactly. You know, we could say like all like the the dark cloud that surrounds John. But and, you know, like I'm not like I'm a big John Jones fan. I'm not going to condone what he does outside the ring. But when you watch him inside the ring, it's like you're watching like a wizard. You are watching like someone who's miles ahead. Like some can say like that Tiago Santos beat John and maybe maybe. But when you watch it, like John played a perfect game plan at that UFC 239. He he knew what he had to do. He knew that if he tried to clinch or wrestle with him, Tiago would bring those bombshells of fists into the into the round into his, onto his chin. But John also showed he can take hits from Tiago. Yeah, well, it's uh, the, the Tiago fight was was a weird one because he he got hurt, and and John obviously still has kind of like an ego complex where he didn't he didn't want to take him down because he was hurt. He wanted to stand and bang with him because uh, Thiago, if there was a way for him to win, it was going to be on the feet. So he wanted to beat him on the feet. And he got hurt. Yeah, he got hit with some with some hard blows. Not anything like devastating where we thought like maybe Johnson could have gotten him in a bad situation or any other fighter. Um, obviously, it's a great performance from John. But, um, you know, I, I think there was there's other other moments where like I guess in the in the Gustafson fight the first one I think that's where you kind of really saw like okay this is crazy like Gus was beating him he was winning rounds and then John came back and then you find you find out that John was partying the week before he wasn't really training hard and then he like those are the, the type of fights you're like oh wow like that's where you know he's he's great when a guy is not even trying he's at the club getting blackout wasted and he has a world title fight in seven days. And not only does he go there, he goes into deep waters to come back to win the decision. Like, those are like the, oh, my God, John Jones moments. Like, even though Thiago is a deadly dude, but, you know, there's uh, – he, he was hurt, and John picked him and uh, set, you know, set uh, some fuel for his ego. And for people who thought that Thiago was winning that fight, guys, let's, let's talk. You know, we could we could talk, and I, we could educate, educate here. No worries about that, but – yeah, John is just John's goat. Simple. He's gonna. Be, I think he's going to go down as the greatest of all time. I don't see him losing anytime soon. I just feel like the one fight we were robbed of because of his off uh, out of the octagon uh, transgressions was the Rumble fight because that really was gonna give us a, mm-hmm. the answer. Like 
is this the guy that's going to catch John finally? Because Rumble was on a tear. He was an awkward striker, you know, coming from that hard knocks, Henry Hooft camp. Like he had the great kickboxing now, but you just, with Henry Hooft, like he finds a way to like, to make a, a more, not well-rounded, but he tries to make you a unique striker. And Rumble was of that blueprint. So I, I wonder, I want to ask you if we had, if we could go back in time, have Jones versus Johnson. What do you? How do you see it going down at 187? Oh man, uh, it, we're talking about two two different Johns, right? I think mm-hmm. the John right now is more is is more structured, and I think he's he's obviously more confident than he he embraces any role he's in, whether he's uh, the bad guy or he's a good guy. He's uh, he's not sugarcoating anything. As whereas before, he wanted to be clean. He wanted to be. He was articulate. He didn't want like besides the DC. He was trying to like watch out what he was saying. Whereas Nine doesn't really care, and he'll he'll do whatever. He's trying to cement that goat legacy. Whereas back then it was starting to come up. So if that fight was going to happen back then, then I really think that John was going to u- utilize his wrestling. I think he was going to use um he was to try to switch positions, go to mount, use some elbows, and um you know I I definitely I definitely would have seen either a, a decision, but the way that that rumble is, you know, going to the third, fourth round, he's been on the ground for so long. He loses the cardio, he's gas. Obviously he's, he's big bone, big muscle that carries a lot of weight in the championship rounds. I think that John would have submitted him. Uh, I definitely see him, him submitting him in the deep, in the deeper rounds for sure. But, you know, if we see that fight now, I guess it's, it's more different. I think it'd be a different type of fight because John knows how rumble could win and the same thing kind of did to Thiago. I think he will want to do the same thing for, for, for Johnson. I think now is very, it's more interesting. But as for back then, I definitely think he would have followed a certain game plan with his wrestling and probably submitted. Makes sense. Makes total sense. And, and it's interesting to see that he has a new kind of opponent in Reyes. Now, you know, some people are saying Reyes is just, is like, it's, he's like a cub thrown to the wolves to be eaten basically. But then some say, you know, Reyes could be the X factor, but we keep hearing that thing. This is the guy that's going to be John. This is the guy that will give him trouble. Where, what do you see happening on February 8th? And what, and how do you see it turning in terms of like, whether it's for John or whether it's for Reyes? Oh, well in, you know, in any, any fight, uh, I, I don't really, I can't really name a fighter unless we talk heavyweight that could give John, you know, problems in, in more than one aspect of the art. Uh, I think, I think Reyes is going to come, I think he's going to come strong. I think he's going to, he's going to come really quick in, in the early rounds. I think he noticed a lot of the, the heavy strikers that John fought, they kind of paced themselves, which is not, not a bad move, but if your, your, your strength and your power and your speed comes right off the gate, why not just go crazy? It's like for Dustin Poirier against Khabib. Why, why was Dustin waiting to, to throw hands? Like, you know that people think Khabib doesn't have a chin. You know that your hands knock down guys. You rocked Holloway, a guy who never gets knocked out. Like, why not go for it? This is your championship. This is your moment. Why not just go for it? So for Reyes, like we saw against Weidman. Yeah, Weidman's a bit chinny as of late, but Reyes is, is, is a prominent striker. He's a big striker. He knows, he knows his distance. He's very quick. He's not a guy who just throws random shots. He, he's really accurate with his shots right down the middle and he could he could box well he's a he's a big strong guy so he's obviously gonna go in with the striking mentality and i think he needs just needs the pressure you know um for john is it's just 
what does he feel at that point? What does he see? What are the errors? You know, what is his camp looking at? Obviously, he's with two masterminds uh, with Greg Jackson and uh, Mike Winklejohn. So, you know, they're, they're, they're cooking up something really nice. Now, are we going to see a boring wrestling match? Or are we going to see John, you know, uh, implementing those sidekicks that we're, we're used to seeing to cause distance? Uh, I, I see more. I see more odds for for John. He he has so many more weapons. He has so many so much more to offer. Whereas Reyes is just a striker. So I would definitely pick John. But uh, you know, don't don't sleep on anybody, right? Everybody has a any any shot to win. You know, we've seen that time and time again. So don't count Reyes out. But if you're a gambling man, you know, uh, I would say let's let's go with John. I would say so too. I see John, you know, using his toolbox to perfection, you know, and it's a, his fight IQ is just miles ahead. Um, another fighter that, you know, that I like talking to people about that not many people know about, he's known as like the best fighter you probably never heard of. He's fighting in Bellator now is uh gay guard and Musasi, you know, I'm half, I'm half Iranian. So I love, uh, I love uh, like a fighter from uh, my father, my uh, late father's homeland. And gay guard just has such an interesting style. And, Whenever I talk to people that know about him, they always say, I always say, like, what was your take on him as a fighter in UFC? And they all say he was mismarketed. Like, they didn't market him well enough. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely a fair point. Because he, when, when he went to Bellator, I, I was completely shocked. I'm a massive Musashi fan. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. How, how the hell are you going to go? First of all, how are you going to, are you going to Bellator when if, you know, I could def- I could definitely be wrong, but I'm trying to remember from back then. He beat he, he was on a crazy streak, and that streak consisted of knocking out Weidman. Uh, he he knocked out Uriah Hall, which he got knocked out, so he cleaned that record. Yeah, he knocked out Belfour. He beat the he knocked out Thiago Sa- uh, Santos. Like he was murdering top tier guys, and then goes to Bellator. It it didn't make sense how. This guy was was not gonna be the one. Eighty-five champion. As you, Emilio, as you were saying that he was uh, going to be a one eighty-five champion. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, so as you were saying, yeah. like, uh, we had a connectivity issue, but don't worry. It's working so far. So you were saying he was the top guy at 185, and he was in line for a title shot versus Bisping. That's how mm-hmm. good his resume was. Oh, yeah, man. He was, and uh, I really think that if he would have fought Bisping, he would have won. I say that, too. I think, I think Michael is counting uh, his blessings uh, to this day forward uh, because Musasi is dangerous when he's focused, and he's, got, he's kind of like a cowboy, has a lot of fights, Amazing record, but sometimes his mind is not where you want it to be. And we saw that in Strike Force, where he won the title, then he lost the title, then he was on a, a streak, and then his contract got absolved by the UFC with the merger of Strike Force. So it's it's interesting to see like how he's like the best fighter on the Bellator roster, arguably. And you know, if he beats Lovato in the rematch, do you see him retiring, or do you think he gives one last kick at the can at say PFL? Or maybe comes back to UFC but gets the contract he wants. 
obviously, obviously you, you want him, you, you want to see him, you know, succeed and prosper for his own life. I think that the, the PFL is, is phenomenal. Now we're raising that tournament. It's a million dollar tournament. Uh, that's cash. And I, I, I think that's something Musashi would, would win. I think given that opportunity, he could, uh, he could definitely be, be winning the, that fight. But like, you know, uh, he, he has so much miles on him. I think he gets a win and, you know, just right off to the sunset. Like, what, what else is for you to do? I know a UFC title uh, would definitely cement his legacy, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at what, what he does next. So, Same, same. It's, it's just crazy, like, how – because in the UFC book I have in 2013, when they do the year 2013, Rockhold, Romero, and Musasi, they're all on the same page of fighters who enter the UFC. And that's, like, a crazy – 185 alumni, you have mm-hmm. Rockhold, the last strike force champion, uh, and then middleweight champion, who arguably had one of uh, the best middleweight fights in on uh, East Coast versus West Coast at UFC 194. And then you have Yoel Romero, the soldier of God, aka the boogeyman of 185. And what's your take on Romero? Like, what's your view of him? Because you're a striker, you know, you've done striking martial arts. What? And he doesn't use his wrestling. What's your on? What's your view of uh, Romero like moving forward now with his upcoming fight oh man uh obviously I, I love Romero we're both we're both Latin uh he comes from <laughs> the Cuban side South American side uh, uh, a lot of respect from in that aspect uh, a lot of respect for him you know him growing up in the pyramid scheme in Cuba with wrestling uh silver medalist uh, obviously his wrestling is is there his uh, striking too he was always a fan of boxing when when he was uh when he was younger so you you see him always trying to 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 go for for the knockout, which he's done so many times before. Uh, it's it's a definitely good fight. He he fell. You know, any wrestler who starts knocking people out gets addicted right away. We see that with Mendez. We see that with uh, with Frankie. You know, you see that with a lot of guys that when you get that power, it's kind of like oh, you know, we just want to knock everybody out, and that's where you know Yoel is. Look, Yoel just fought Costa, a guy who's pretty much our age. And you know, strikes with him the whole time. He got knocked down. He knocked him down. He Romero is just there. He he wants to cement himself as as the best. You know, he he performs great fights. He knocks down a lot of guys. Obviously, there's a couple of things he does that I don't really agree with. But you know, that's and anything to do to win, right? That's a, a winner's mentality, and that's what what UL is. So the next fight with him and Izzy is gonna be very interesting because I don't think he's gonna use his wrestling. Uh, I I think he would probably get pieced up, but you know, one, it only takes one shot. So I, I understand completely what I said when I talked to my circle, like my uh, close circle who enjoys fighting, like my coach, uh, now you, and then, you know, my two other friends who I do like the fights with, I said the best, I said, you know, this fight, I think Izzy can win it, but Yoel's going to put the mileage on his career. It's like, and to quote Jorge Masvidal, he's like, when people fight Yoel, they, he ages their careers. And I think we saw that in the wars Whitaker had like Whitaker, it can be argued was not the same fight person and fighter after those two wars. Like he looked like he was aged versus Adesanya in terms of like when they were in the cage together. Yeah. Well, that that's what you all does. You all is just a very awkward type of fighter that he, he doesn't have the cardio, but yet he, he does have a cardio for a split second and that's where it matters. And it's, it's, it's very awkward. He's, he, he's Southpaw. He, he plays games with you. he, 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 he understands what you're doing and what you're saying, but he's going to play like he doesn't understand anything you're doing or saying. 
So like it's very confusing. He gets on like he'll you'll he gets on your nerves. So he's just a, a complete guy. And the fact that he's 40 years old, it just makes it even weirder because you think he's gonna fight like an old man, but in reality, he fights like he's in his twenties. So um I, I I definitely think he could cause Izzy a lot of problems if he follows, you know, a proper game plan, but knowing Yoel, he probably won't. So it's gonna be an interesting one. I mean, yeah, like Yoel, like I was watching some old Yoel fights and I was watching the Tim Kennedy fight where he was chasing Tim at one point. Like Tim mm-hmm. Kennedy of all former fighters, you know, former Green Beret, Navy SEAL, accomplished strike force veteran being in the titles fights for two times. And Yoel Romero was chasing Tim Kennedy of all people. So I guess that goes, goes, just shows he is the boogeyman of 185. Yeah, man, he is 100%. He's a he's he, it's going to be a fun one to watch March 7th. I'm very excited for that card. I'm, I'm excited for the Jones card because it's John Jones. It's the goat. But mm-hmm. then you have 185 and, you know, the, that 185 division is like having a renaissance. What, you know, after Bisping and GSP left the scene and it's like it's it's going under and you see guys going up to light heavyweight. It's really opening it up and it's becoming one of the more entertaining divisions now. Yeah, for sure. Like you. If if you just you, you look at that roster, you look at the the contenders that that are coming up, you know, you you see so much so much fun fights in in that division, and you have obviously the Izzy and Romero fight. People are going to contest. Well, why isn't Costa? Well, Costa got hurt. They wanted to fight later. Izzy called out Romero. That's something you don't see. So the fight, in some way, for the fans, makes sense. Uh, going with the, the rankings, it doesn't make sense at all. So that's a fun fight. Cost against Izzy is a very fun fight. Um, obviously, when uh, Bobby Whitaker comes back, him and Izzy, the, even a rematch will be amazing. Or uh, um, Robert against against Costa is fun. We even have um, I can't really what's what's that dude's name? Um, Cav- Cannoneer. Yeah, that guy. That guy's a monster too. Guy is fun. He went really under the radar, and now he he was scheduled to fight Bobby. Now he's a uh, he, he, he's a phenomenal guy too because people don't even know who he is and he's climbing up the scene so it's 185 is is really interesting now and the fact is that a lot of people might go to 205 some go to it's it's fun it's just a fun time for 185 division whereas before it was just anderson killing everybody and weidman like fighting kind of old school guys until Rockhold. so it's uh it's definitely evolved to where it should be I, I agree with you. You know, they're on Bloody Elbow, they were doing a history of the 185 division uh, in the Zufa era, like when Zufa first bought the, the promotion. And it used to be called the redheaded stepchild of the UFC because they had so many issues with the middleweight division. At first, uh, they wanted to make Nate, Mar- long story short, they wanted to make Nate Marquardt the, the champion. And the, he was fighting in a regional promotion, but then he lost and they named someone else. So they had to build around that. Then it was... Uh, Evan, it was uh, Evan Tanner, and then there was a few others before Rich came along, and Rich was like kind of the golden child before Anderson came in, as you said. And then with uh, that, Weidman was fighting, you know, old old legends. And when the way they handled the Whitaker situation at the time was, I feel it was very poor. They kind of just threw the title at him and said, okay, well, you're the interim from that UFC 213 card, so we're going to name you the champion. What they should have done was vacate, make the title vacated completely and have, like, uh, then if he was healthy, Whitaker and Rockhold fight for it to, for the middleweight. If, if that's something I think, I don't know, what was your thoughts on that whole GSP uh, condor from post 217? 
Well, obviously, man, uh, GSP had to do what he had to do. Uh, you, you, man, you, you're from, if you're a fire from Montreal, man, I support you no matter what. That's what it is. And GSP, obviously, from from the city, uh, support anything he does, whenever, whichever way. So that was an awesome thing to do. Him leaving, you know, kind of like it sucked because you left at the 185 drive, but it was also cool because you let the 185 kind of like rebuild itself. And uh, yeah, he he was interim, but then like. It, it, it made sense. Interim, they become champ, like, because the, the old one left. Like, yeah, he didn't beat the champ, but, like, you're, you're you're still an interim champ. You still got gold. You still fought for that. And that and, and that's what he did. So making him champion, like, I wasn't mad at that at all. I was kind of happy because you have this this new champion right now that's young and who's who's just very, very open uh, from, from Australia Great, great footwork. You know, he fought at 170. Now he's at 185. Uh, he, he, he fighting you well twice already gives you that that respect for him. And the fact that he, at this point, he he did he's not fighting because he's giving bone marrow to his daughter. Like these these events that keep happening, happening, and then you look back like that was a perfect thing to do. This guy is just an amazing. He's an amazing human being. Like he, like talking to him, he's. He's just genuine, and now knowing this and looking at what he did before getting beaten by Izzy, like you're not mad at it. I was, I was not mad at it at the point, and now all of this just proves that no one should have been mad or disagreed with that choice of him being being champion. Uh, yeah, I understand completely. I just felt that they should have had him like fight for a vacant title. But it doesn't change the fact that he is an amazing human being. Like when I heard about this, what he did, it was like it changed. It has to change your perception of Rob Whitaker, regardless of what you think of the politics behind him as a champion, a middleweight. Like the man is trying to fight for his daughter's life, you know, and that just shows you the kind of father and what it means to be a martial artist. And he and, you know, it's like I can't wait for him to be back in a in a better mindset, you know, especially with this podcast, Grange TV's opening up about his bouts with depression, you know, mental illness. And he's really it's like he, he's just it's a privilege that we have certain guys like this, well, even though they're not American or, you know, say Canadian, it, it gives the fans like a treat of like that, like every one of these fighters is human. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So um, I know we've been talking about promotion, you know, about like fight upcoming fights, you know, and um, you've been doing a lot of work too in the coaching community because first you were doing commentating and now then you have a podcast and now you're working at uh, KickFit with uh, Pat Gallucci. What's that been like for you since you started that endeavor? Oh man, like that's cool. Like I, I knew, I knew Pat in high school and uh, like at that point when, when we were, we were in school, we, we didn't talk much. Like, I knew who he was, he knew who I was, and we, we would talk from, like, time to time. Uh, obviously not as close as we are now, but uh, when even when he started, he started us at, at his house, which was, like, super gangster. Like, I, I really respected that, and, and I went, actually went to his house, and I trained with him one-on-one. I'm like, yo, man, this guy is good, and this, and this guy is Taekwondo bound, like, championship, went around the world, went to Mexico, went to Opens, you know. He's, he's a real deal, like Taekwondo artist. He knows his shit. He knows what to do. Like even like the kids in his class have been training for a year. They're like they're sparring with a guy who's going to the Olympics. Like that's how like serious like the, the gym is. So when he when he did this move, it was great. Uh, at that point, I was like I was doing so many different things, even with, um, with my own personal life, with, with work, uh, obviously commentating, uh, podcast, doing a new one. 
there's so many things like I wasn't even training. I wasn't even like training physically. I was getting I was getting a little chunky there. I'm like, yo, Pat, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come by to train at the gym. And then, you know, um, I was training there, uh, whatever, and just uh, losing the weight. I was getting back to the shape, no injuries. And then we were talking about, you know, let's if you like I, I want you know to, to teach a couple of the kickboxing classes per week. I'm like, all right, man, like I'll 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 give it I'll give it a go. And uh now we're now we're we're doing this. And before that I had one of one of a good friend of mine when I was fighting, he was like a young kid. And now kind of like a couple of years later, he's now a teen and he wants to fight. He wants to be there. So I helped him. Now he's like four and oh. Uh, he's going to be coming back, uh, um, Antonio Capello, man, this kid is going to be a fucking phenom, 100%. Uh, he's going to be fighting uh, soon, get back to training camp. So you have like, all these things now that, like, the podcast, now I'm back to training. I feel good sparring with these guys. And then the gym, the ambiance of the gym is just fun. Like, if if, if you just if you want to train and feel good with a good ambiance and people, man, come to kick fit, if you – even want to pursue something in in competitive Taekwondo and competitive kickboxing or MMA, uh, that's just that that's the spot too. Like I like I, I try to bring that connection and like this is how the fight's gonna go. Pat knows the Taekwondo scene very well, so like it's it's definitely fun like being being a part of it. Like I'm there like every day. Like I'll text Pat, he's like, uh, yeah man, I'm at the gym. Like I'll, I'll be there alone like early in the morning like before work. I'm like, yeah, I'm training today. Like I'll be there like six six days out of the seven days and I'll, I'll tee, I'll train. And it's just, it's so fun. And what, and what he's doing is just, it, it's an amazing thing for, for the community, for the kids and for, for adults, for the fighters. So it's a, it's a cool, cool place to be at. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Pat Gallucci for what he does. Like I follow him on Instagram and the, the kick fit lab page, and he's definitely mm-hmm. someone that's going to come on the, the show soon. Like I've been speaking to him as well. And I, as I said, I always love promoting what everyone does, whether it's you with your podcast and the work mm-hmm. you do on the side uh, and, you know, Pat with what he's doing, cause he's making a difference. Cause you know, I do believe, you know, as Sandro said, he's like martial arts does change lives. It's not. And he said, and he, he said it's it's he's like it does more than drugs do and he's like i believe you know he's like that that martial arts is the cure you need for your lifestyle and habits you currently have no 100 percent. and and the thing that's that's cool about about me like going to kickfit lab is that it's, you know when when I, when I used to to fight you stay at a gym and then if you go to another gym and you find out it's kind of like they get mad but like you know it's um, I'm I, I I love kick fit. I'll tell everybody go. Uh, I teach there. I train there. It's amazing. But at the same time, like I I, can, I go to other gyms and there's not like if I if I go to TriStar like I like sometimes I'll go to TriStar and I'll do pads with Sandro. You know Sandro with the mitts man is phenomenal and you're you're training with him and he's telling you different angles like he'll he'll help you change that and I'll come back. It's like pads on be like yo why were you there? It's like oh man that's that's cool. Like I'll train at Grants for boxing like. Those guys are killers. It's a lot of love. Uh, we'll go, I, I go to Tristar. I hit up Sanjay like, yo, man, let's, let's do some pads. You know, I'll talk to a couple of their fighters. Like, we'll, we'll go some rounds. Like, it's cool. And that's the thing about the fight game. You know, it's supposed to be like any gym you go to. It's awesome. Like, even uh, what I'm talking about, and Antonio Capello, man, this kid's going to be the next stud, man. He trains at H2O, too. H2O has an awesome, awesome team, man. Uh, Met Rich, man, awesome dude. And it just goes down the line by gym and gym. You train there. And they, they see you got talent or they see you, you know, you bring something to the table and then you're not just doing this just to, 
to to mess it up like it, it's it's a cool thing so that's what's what's awesome about any gym and that's what's cool about me right now like i'm i'm in shape if somebody will call me for a fight saturday man i'm on weight like i, I, I just it just feels good it feels good to be at that point and then you're training with high level guys and you're getting better and better and that's what's and, and that's what's so fun right about now Iron sharpens iron, as they say. And it's interesting you said you do the kickboxing classes. Now, Pat has a very – I think he's a second or third Dan in Taekwondo. What was your background growing up? Because you have an interesting, uh, uh, you have an interesting uh, traditional martial arts background. Yeah, um, I, I, started, I started karate when I was five years old. It was kind of like the, the first, first and only sport I kind of like went into. Like before that, I was like swimming. When I was like four years old and like tried baseball like that, that didn't really work out. And we they my parents just put me into karate when I was five. And just it was kind of like a thing for them was like, you know, until you're 18 years old, that's when you decide to stop doing it. So uh, from five years old to 18, the karate, kickboxing, a uh, bit of Taekwondo, uh, tried Muay Thai, uh, was, uh, tried wrestling. Then after when I was I, I reached second Dan in. In karate, um, I, I was training with black belts in Taekwondo and, you know, keep, keeping up and whatever. Like, they didn't put a belt on me, but hell yeah, like, you know, we kept up. And then 18, when I was 18, I stopped for a while. I'm like, you know, I was doing it for so long. I wanted to like, get out of it. Became some fat kid who was always at the club. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do this no more. Let me come back. And then when I was 20, came back and I did a couple of... Uh, classes for for wrestling and uh, jiu-jitsu uh, went back to kickboxing you know went back taekwondo started uh, developing everything again and then started actually fighting so uh i went i went different different routes i tried every different art just to gain that aspect but for me like uh i'm, I'm a kickboxer with that kind of karate karate kind of style like that jean claude van damme but a bit of mortal combat that's why i try to put my style in a little mix of both <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. So you did more case. So you know, there's many styles of uh, karate. There's like the Ryu styles. There's Shotokan. Then there's the Wonder Boy, American Kempo, and Kyokushin. Which one was your style, if you remember? Uh, it was it was a traditional American uh, American karate. It wasn't the Kyokushin or anything. It was just standard karate mixed with kickboxing. So it was it, you, you had the fundamentals of um, like the base of American karate. But it was mm. more structured into kickboxing. So I, people tell me like, yeah, I got my second. I always, I always say I got my second dan technically in kickboxing because that's, I was, that's what I was doing most of the time. Like we did some karate stances, some karate combinations, but most of the time it was kickboxing. Makes sense. And you were under uh, Angelo Di Bella's system, right? Uh, who, uh, who still has a, who has a very successful school in Saint Michel still. Yeah, I, I started uh, Angelo's when I was five. And I left there when I was around 15 or 16. Then I went to club defense expert until 19, uh, 18. Then I came back when I was around 19, 20. And then uh, I, I'm like, I'm, then I left there when I was around like 23, 23, 24, around there. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Like I, so I did Taekwondo too for a bit. Just so that was my first martial art. Cause I, if, if for anyone who fall, who, who knows me on social media, they see me doing karate, but I actually did Taekwondo for six months. I didn't progress, but then I went into karate because it was better for like the type of genetics I had and body build I had. So I do, I do the, I do Kyokushin style, which is, 
one of the they say it's one of the more aggressive forms because it's more power and and uh, they don't fo- they focus on forms but it's based on more strength but it's uh, but uh, what's surprising is that uh, Angelo I think has a background in that style too because it used to be very popular in the 80s and the 90s if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, now um, I, I don't I'll remember but uh, I would I would definitely believe it. You know he's very uh, he presents a lot of skills and so is his, uh, his son. So. Uh... Kind of forgot. I can't really clarify that, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I definitely would believe that somebody would have told me. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how like there's uh, it's like Shotokan and Kyokushin are like the big two that people know about, but then there's the other ones that like Kempo has its uh, benefits too, like you know the blitz in blitz out, like we see with Wonder Boy, mm-hmm. or we see like Taekwondo, like an Anthony Pettis, or maybe like I, I think even Connor kind of has a bit of that Taekwondo stance as as a uh, if you look at him in his old, his earlier fights, mm-hmm. but I just think having that um, traditional background, I think it's really good for children especially or even adults too like i mean martial arts doesn't discriminate but i i'm just a believer that having the traditional martial arts in your background makes you understand what it's like to get you know to get to a high level belt and to understand the process and with the skills and stances no i 100 agree with that 100 some people they go into jujitsu or judo and then you know it's like it's different but i feel like because like for me like what i'm planning to do is like mike my, like i'm very open with it i tell them i'm getting my black belt in one art and then i'm going right into uh brazilian jujitsu just to like really see what it's like so i know it's different you know their their like grading system is different but it's good to just you know have one black belt under your belt to see what it's like after when you yeah. try something else yeah for sure and uh so now with uh now like you know as with what you're doing with kickfit you know you're you're all you're all over you know a lot of people in the fight game uh what's the plan looking like now for you with uh your life's headed because you got engaged recently so congrats to you and raquel i'm really happy for you you. too thank you it's gonna it's amazing you guys are an amazing couple like you guys have stood by with with together and you know she's uh became a teacher if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah yeah, so congrats there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, what's uh, what's it looking like now for you? Like, what's a day in the life uh, of Emilio looking like now with all the projects you have happening? Oh man, it's it's uh, it, it's it's definitely fun now. You know, um, whereas as back then I was more kind of like in in the passenger seat, and now it's kind of like I'm full on the driver's seat, and like anything, anything is possible, and I could like do what I want. You know. Uh, I'll 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 go to kick fit at like six in the morning. I'll train until eight. You know I'll 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 go to work. I'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, we'll I'll, we'll train. We'll do we'll do hot yoga. We'll uh, we'll we'll teach. Uh, we'll call up the boys. You know let's let's do a podcast. It's just you know whenever whenever we want to do something we just do it. And that's that's what's cool right about now. We're I'm talking to different fighters, uh, different champions to to just train to to learn and it's just an awesome time right now because there's nobody telling me I got to be this way. I got to train at this time. I got to do this. There's none of that. It's like, I do what I want. I want to train when I want to train. I want to do a podcast when I want to do a podcast. Like there's nothing to it. I do a podcast with two of my brothers. I train at a gym that uh, me and the owner are, we're coming very close and we understand each other. We help each other. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm marrying a woman that I, 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 truly love and that supports me with with anything and i do the same for her it's just right now it's 
I'm, I'm just on a high and everything, everything just makes sense. Everything makes sense. And, you know, well, like I said, we're just having fun now for future projects, man. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride right now. That's what most important, especially when you meet a girl, like, you know, cause a lot of, I'm going to say a lot of, but you know, some guys that, you know, that we know, or like, you know, that would get into this, like the girl, like the girlfriends might not be that supportive. They're like, nah, they're like, they're kind of on the supportive, but, and then that kind of ruins it, you know, like lucky for you, you know, you have a girl that like, that knows you're passionate about this, that supports you all the way. I have another friend who was uh, named Adam, who was my second guest on the show. Like his wife, now wife, supports him in everything with this. Like she even watches some of the fights with us, you know, and she's even picked up a few things from uh, watching it with us, which is uh, great to see as well. And uh, it, it just goes to show like when you have like a, a significant other uh, that supports you and is, is on the same wavelength as you, it, 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 it just makes everything better. Yeah, it, it makes everything better and when, when you're at this point, you know, obviously like my, my happiness will, my happiness will be different from somebody else's, but like, you know, even at work, you know, you, you're working in an office, like you, you need to do things outside that, that makes you, that makes you happy for me. Uh, I love training. Honestly, even sometimes my fiance will freak out because I could train at the gym for four hours. I could honestly be there for four or five hours. If I had a choice and I'd be there all day, hell yeah, I'd be all day. I would probably take maybe an hour break and like, let's go back. Like I, I enjoy training. I enjoy that, that rush. I, I love sparring. Uh, I, I love doing these things. That makes me happy. Also, um, I, I, I do things for her and she, she watches almost every event with me. She, she, she knows her stuff. Now she supports me in that aspect. And you, you need to, you need to find your happiness. You need to find things that, that makes you happy. And also to find, and meet somebody that you guys could share that with, even if you're not a fan of it. Like she, before me, she didn't know what UFC was. She didn't know what MMA was. Then now she's watching every fight. She knows every fighter. She she knows the type of style they're in. She's now even doing the classes. She's getting to kickboxing. That's why. So it it always makes sense with, with any. Like I'm not a relationship expert at all. Like um, I'm not gonna tell give people lessons or I'm not gonna give anybody advice. But I just that's the whole point why I'm marrying her because I just, we just understand each other. And also the people we hang around with too, like your circle, like I have a big circle, but it's a tight circle. And that's what it is too. Even people that I knew from back in the day is just love. And that's what it's going to be with. There's, there's no hate for anybody. There's, there's just love and respect. And when you surround yourself with good people, with positive people, you're just going to get positive results. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. Whereas at the gym, whereas work, whereas outside, whereas at home, that's you got to find out with. And there's a lot of people that they don't know what their happiness is. Well, go, go find it. And maybe a good start is just to go to any gym, go to a jujitsu gym, kickboxing, boxing, taekwondo. They'll find something. There's not even one person yet that I crossed that they went into a gym and a martial arts gym and said, yeah, I've been liked it. So uh, try it out, try it out. And you guys are going to see some good results. Exactly. Like I, I, that was such an, that was a very amazing, I really, every point you said there was just like you hammered it to the point. And I think anyone that hears this from this episode can take really something away from that. If like, if they're in a rut, especially they just have to fast forward to this part and they, they listen to that point. Cause it's true. Like, you know, happiness is different for everybody, even when they're in martial arts, like, you know, like I, I've tr- like, I've trained with God with like met, like with like people like that are have like six figure, seven figure like jobs. And, you know, 
and you know it's like they don't mind the job but they feel so alive when they come to the gym because that's like where they're where they don't feel judged they feel they're at peace you know some of these guys have turned their lives around you know whether they have like addictions to alcohol or like say gambling you you name it and you know like they they always say like you know martial arts was like my savior you know to get me to where i am today yeah and that's what it is it doesn't matter if you if you got one dollar in your pocket or you got a couple hundred thousand you know when you when you go in the gym where we're doing the same thing we're doing the same workout we're gonna push each other like it's not gonna matter when when you're in that tight speed like in any gym, as soon as you enter, man, you leave your ego at the door and you go and you put in work, and that's what it is. Like even today, I got like my um, like my circle. They're just trying to get into the game, and today, like like one of my boys was his first time sparring, and I sparred with him. I didn't go and kill him. He didn't come and kill me. It was just a fun thing, and he, and he's like, "Wow, man, this was crazy." I'm like, "Yeah, man, like this this is the game. Like you're this is not high level, like you know what I mean, but you're in the game. Like you're just got your a, a step in, and he just." addicted to it and that's what it is and that's what if that's what makes you happy man that's what makes you happy if you love cooking if you love doing triathlons man that's like find find what you want to do I, i'm just lucky that i was pushed into this or i was pushed into this lifestyle and i thank my parents for that because i never went back i never played soccer i never played like basketball like or football like i'll do a couple of games i was never invested that that was my thing my whole life was school go to the gym, school, go to the gym, school, go to the gym. And then now it's like something I was forced on my whole life. Now it's just, I love the game. And I'm just so happy that I spend 20 plus years. I'm only 27 and I could say I've spent 20 plus years in doing, doing this. So, you know, find what you got to do and just do it. That's pretty much it, man. Anybody tells you this is stupid. You're what you're doing is dumb, man. You don't got to listen to it. You don't, don't prove, you know, don't prove the haters wrong. Just, prove your supporters right then life is going to be good like no matter what exactly like i'm the same way too with like the coach like when i got into kyokushin i was in a very uh bad mindset and you know like you know like i know i spoke speak about him a lot but i'm very thankful that you know thanks to like instagram and social media that like we connected and you know i'm with him to this day you know i'm gonna be uh i feel confident i'll get to brown and black belt with him and every time i come to the gym like i'm feeling motivated like i feel like I want to be better. I want to get that like physique, that like fighter physique, like uh, uh, say like a Musasi or Whitaker or Rockhold physique. Well, not Rockhold. Rockhold's that California physique that's uh, pretty hard to obtain. But, um, you know, as uh, the hour comes to a close shortly, I want to ask you, you know, this is something I ask every guest that, you know, that knows their fight game. You're Dana White slash Scott Coker slash uh, Chatri. And you have a chance to make the ultimate pay-per-view, co-main and main. It could be any fighter from any era. It could be, and it could be any, it could be whatever. You know, you are the master promoter for the, for the greatest main and co-main event on pay-per-view. What would yours be? Oh, man, this is funny, man, because I'm, I'm going to be, after this, I'm going to be calling, calling Julian and Chris. I'm like, yo, you guys got to listen up to like 55 minutes into it because it's it's hilarious that sometimes me and me and Julian will go on a crazy rant of stupidity that makes sense and we when uh when DC was both lightweight and heavyweight champion we we're massive like Ryan Bader fans and like no one no one understands why like we just love him I just love his style and he just became heavyweight and light heavyweight champion so we're like 
Make him come back to the UFC and fight DC. Put both light heavyweights and heavyweights from Bellator on the line for the UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight and make them, like, battle out. That would have been, like, the craziest, craziest main event because, like, we're just crazy. A lot of people might be like, that's just stupid, but I I would do it. I would do that fight 100%. Bader versus DC, that's a crazy fight. Um, and as a, I'll put it, obviously, you put that as a main event and co-main co event, uh, that's tough from, from any many like promotion like Bellator like they they got some Bellator I would I would like to see Chandler or like MVP come and fight fight anybody like I I don't have like a specific guy like maybe Chandler versus Usman would be pretty pretty badass like if he goes one one seventy that'd be pretty cool like he's a massive dude uh that'd be a fun fight for both of them but uh Trying to think of one, too, would be cool if, like, DJ came back right now to fight Cejudo and make a trilogy fight, whereas Cejudo has both belts. That'd be pretty cool. Well, he just relinquished the 125, but that'd be still badass that you put the one championship on a line versus Cejudo's in a trilogy fight like that. That'd be a pretty cool, cool main event, too. I, I like that, too. For me, like, I like to say, I like to see my ultimate... Uh main event would have to be i want to see john versus stipe you know the greatest heavyweight of all time versus greatest light heavyweight and then i would love to see musasi come back to ufc and challenge style bender and i think he's the one that can really give israel like a very tough time in the striking matches yeah that's that's a fun fight that's definitely a, a fun fight i would like to also see Nikki Holskin versus Musashi. That that'd be pretty. I know I Holskin got. They both got miles on them, which makes it like kind of fair. I would definitely like to see both of them added to it. I'd be Nikki Holskin's my dude, man. Him see him against Musashi, man. That's fire. That'd be crazy. Well, Emilio, I, I really want to thank you for coming on finally, especially that you're the first guest of season two of this. You know, uh, you, you really were a an, an, uh, motivation for me to start my own podcast. And, you know, I love promoting what you do with Two and a Half Fighters. So follow them on Instagram, YouTube. They're on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, they, if you want to connect with Emilio, it's Mills Grex at Instagram. Uh, are you on Facebook still or you use Instagram mainly? I use Instagram mainly. Uh, I, I I dabble that. I'm I'm on Facebook there, but like I don't really. I just like reshare shit. <laughs> I'm not like one to like <laughs> like write write crazy posts. I just like share funny stuff. I'm just a little kid. Like while I'm on yeah, internet, me too. I'll just like post some weird shit and kind of like that. And it's Instagram. I'm I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, I know me me and Chris dabble on two uh, two and a half fighters there. We're Julian's doing the Facebook side of Two and a Half Fighters, but he's doing a bad job, man. He sucks. He's doing an awful job, and fuck, man, he's got to change his his game up. But yeah, we're <laughs> we're trying we're trying to be on everything. Nice. All right, man. Well, once again, I hope to get you on again. Maybe next time, you know, we could I, I could come to Laval and do like uh we could do like a collab of like Two and a Half Fighters and Beyond the Fight, you know promote uh, the hell out of both our shows for the better and you know you you know your show makes may helps me get better as a podcaster i hope you know that and keep up the amazing work emilio hey man i'm blessed brother do do what you do man you're doing a great job just uh keep keep up positivity keep up the good good ambiance and just uh do do what you do man it's uh it's a good thing that everybody's doing a podcast and we could just support each other and do what uh, we love doing 
Exactly. All right, man. You have a good one and uh, and keep it real. All right, buzz, brother. Bless.